we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. As long as we live in opposites, jealousy and non-jealousy, the good and the bad, the ignorant and the enlightened, there must be constant conflict in duality. Hello and welcome to episode 217 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast features carefully selected clips from the archives. The aim is to represent different aspects of Krishnamurti's radical approach to many of the issues and questions we all face in our lives. This week's theme is Opposites. Upcoming themes are Humanity, Clarity and Continuity. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please visit the official YouTube channel for hundreds of full-length video and audio recordings of Krishnamurti's talks and discussions. In addition, the Foundation's own channel features a large collection of specially selected clips. You can also find our regular quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on your podcast app, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on Opposites has four sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's third talk in Calcutta, 1982, titled, Do Opposites Exist? When we are violent, as most human beings are, to have an ideal of non-violence has no reality, has no validity. But what has validity, reality, is the fact that we are violent. And to deal with that violence, not in terms of ideals and patterns, but to understand the cause or causes of violence, Perhaps in this country, the pursuit of non-violence, which is an, an illusion, has deprived of our energy to look actually what's going on. I hope we are talking over together this problem. We never look what is. We want to change what is taking place to something else. This has been the process of centuries upon centuries. The political ideals, the religious ideals, the ideals that one has created for oneself, an end a goal, and the goal, the end, the ideals become extraordinarily important, and not what is actually happening. That is, what is being transformed into what should be. There is the struggle, there is disorder. Whereas if we understand, give our attention to what is, that is, what is, is violence, hatred, antagonism, 
brutality and to deal with it. So we are concerned to discover the causes of violence, of disorder. So we are saying one of the major factors in life which is disorderly is trying to transform or change what is into what should be. The what should be is totally unreal. But what is, is all important. If I am greedy to, to inquire into what is the nature of greed, whether that greed can really have an end or must it continue, but to have the ideal of non-greed seems so utterly nonsensical. And yet we are brought up on this. So to see the illusory nature of what is is the beginning of intelligence. Then there is division in us, there is duality, the opposite. Is there an opposite at all? There is opposite, there is light and darkness, there is tall and short, different ways outside, but basically is there an opposite to greed, to violence? You are following all this, I hope. We are asking if there is an opposite, that is, in the world of the psyche, in the world of the spirit, psychologically, is there an opposite at all? We say there is the good and the bad, the good and the evil. I do not know if you have not, if some of you have been to Europe and various caves there about. 30,000, 40,000 years ago, man was still, had still this problem in their painting. There is evil on one side in various forms and there is good on the other and there is a battle between the two. Now we are asking, please think together in this matter not accept what the speaker is saying, but question, ask, doubt, inquire if there is an opposite at all, apart from the physical side of it, inwardly. Is good the good? Is it the opposite of evil? If it is the opposite, then it has, the good has its root in its own opposite. Is this clear? Have I to explain everything? All right, I'll explain. The good and the bad. If evil is the opposite of the good, then that evil has a relationship with the good. Right? Because it's the opposite. 
the opposite is put together by thought. Either the good is totally divorced from the from evil, or it is the outcome, the opposite, the the invention of thought as the good. Are you following this or not? So what is the good? Let's inquire into that. What is the good? According to to the dictionary, which is the common usage of that word, it means good behaviour, good in the sense being whole, not fragmented, but having that sense of or understanding the nature of wholeness of life. And in that there is no fragmentation as the evil. But if the evil is the outcome of the good, then that evil has a relationship with the good. Right? Are we following this at all with each other? Yes? Good. So, we are inquiring together if there is an opposite in our life. If there is hate, and love. Can love have a relationship with hate, with jealousy? If it has a relationship with love, then it is not love, obviously. If I hate someone, I hope I don't, if I hate someone and at the same time talk about love, it is incompatible, the two don't meet. So we are questioning, there is an opposite at all, but only what is. Where there is an opposite there must be conflict. I am I hate and also I think I love. The opposite of hate is not love. The opposite of hate is still hate. The second extract is from the third talk at Brockwood Park in 1978, titled, Does Freedom Have an Opposite? Is freedom the opposite of slavery? Is freedom the opposite of prison, of bondage, of repression? Is freedom to do what you like? Please, as we said the other day, and we have been talking over together, the speaker is only expressing, I hope verbally, what we are all questioning. Therefore, you are not listening to the speaker, but listening to the questions which you are putting for yourself. Therefore, the speaker is not here. 
is freedom the opposite of non-freedom? And so is there an opposite at all? And so, that is, if we move away from the bad to the good and think that is freedom, the good being the freedom, if we accept the good, which we can go into presently, what is the good and the bad, is the good, the goodness, the opposite of that which is not good, which is evil, which is bad. If there are opposites, then there is a conflict. If I am not good, I will try to be good. I will make every effort to be good. That if I am somewhat conscious, somewhat say, not too neurotic. So we are asking, is freedom the opposite of anything? Or if it is freedom, if, it is a, if freedom has an opposite, then is it freedom? Please inquire together in this matter. That is, any opposite, the good, and the bad, the very opposite of the bad has in it, (laughs) the opposite of the bad, which is the good, the good has in it the roots of the bad. Go into it, please. Consider it together. If I am Jealous, envious, the opposite of jealousy is a state of mind which is not jealous, a state of feeling. But if it is the opposite of jealousy, that opposite has in it its own opposite. Do we see this? Because I want, we want to go this morning into the question of what is love? Whether such thing exists at all, or is it merely sensation which we call love? So, To understand the full significance and the nature and the beauty of that word which we use as love, we must understand, I think, what is the conflict between the opposites. Whether this conflict is illusory, in that illusion we are caught, which has become a habit, or there is only what is, and therefore there is no opposite to it. I hope this is not becoming too intellectual, is it? Or too verbal or too nonsensical. Because as long as we live in opposites, jealousy and non-jealousy, the good and the bad, the ignorant and the enlightened, there must be this constant conflict in duality. Of course there is duality, man, woman, light and shade, dark, light and darkness, morning and evening and so on. But psychologically, inwardly, we are asking whether there is an opposite at all. Is goodness the outcome of that which is bad? 
if it is the outcome of that which is bad, evil, I don't like to word you to use the word evil because that's so appallingly misused as every other word in English language. If goodness is the opposite of the bad, then that very goodness is the outcome of the bad. Therefore it is not goodness. Do we see in ourselves, not as an idea, as a conclusion, as something somebody has suggested to you, but actually, do we see anything born out of an opposite must contain its own opposite? So, if that is so, then there is only what is. No, which, which has no opposite. Right? Somebody meeting me. We are meeting each other. So as long as we have an opposite, there cannot be freedom. Goodness. is totally unrelated to that which is evil, which is bad, in quotes, bad. As long as we are violent, to have the opposite, which is non-violent, creates a conflict. And the non-violence is born out of violence. The idea of non-violence is the outcome of being aggressive, abrasive, anger and so on. So there is only violence, not its opposite. Then we can deal with violence. As long as we have an opposite, then we are trying to achieve the opposite. I wonder for me. Sava? So, is freedom the opposite of non freedom? Or freedom has nothing whatsoever to do with its opposite. This, please, we have to understand this very carefully because we're going to go into something, which is: Is love the opposite of hate? The opposite of jealousy? The opposite of A sensation. So, as long as we are living in this habit of opposites, which we are, I must, I must not, I am, I shall be, I have been, and in the future something will take place. All this is the activity, the movement of the opposites. Right, so do we may we go on, Babin? So I'm we're asking, is freedom totally unrelated to that which we call non freedom? If it is, then how is that freedom to be lived, understood and acted, from which action takes place? We have always acted from the opposites, right? 
I'm in prison and I must be free of it. I must get out. I am in bondage to, um, to a habit, psychologically as well as physiologically, and I must be free of it to become something else. Right? So, we are caught in the habit of this everlasting corridor of opposites. And so there is never an ending to conflict, to struggle, to be this and not that. Is this, I think this is fairly clear. Can we go on from there? You are not listening to me. You are discovering this for yourself. If you are, it has, it has significance, meaning and can be lived daily. But if you are merely accepting the idea of it from another, from the speaker, then you are merely living in the world of ideas. And therefore the opposites remain. The word idea, the root meaning of it from Greek and so on, is to observe. See what we have made of that word. Just to observe and not conclude or make an abstract from what you have observed into an idea. You. So we are caught in ideas and we never observe. If we do observe, we make an abstraction of it into an idea. So we are saying freedom is unconnected with with bondage, whether it is the bondage of habit, physical or psychological, bondage of attachment and so on. So there is only freedom, not its opposite. If we understand that the truth of it, then we are then we will deal only with what is. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in Madras, 1972, titled The Battle Between the Opposites. To meet what is, you need great energy. It is this great energy that goes beyond or resolves what is. Right? Look, sir, culturally, I'm using that word culture in all in its broadest sense, has conditioned the mind to be envious. Envy means measurement. We measure ourselves with another, compare ourselves with another, try to imitate, follow. So our minds are conditioned to live and function in the field of envy. That is a fact, both in the so-called religious world, when the priest wants to become a bishop, when the disciple wants to become the great master, when the business clerk wants to become the manager. So 
this whole conditioning of our culture is based on envy. You may ideologically say one should not be envious, but the fact is you are envious. Now, to go beyond that fact, which means to be totally free of envy, is to observe how the mind regards this reaction called envy. How does it observe? It observes with another fragment of a mind which is conditioned, which says, you must not be envious, therefore control it. And if you would come near God, or whatever that is, you must not be envious. So one part of your mind is envious, conditioned through culture, another part of your mind says you must not be envious, again conditioned by a culture. So there is in this contradiction, and this contradiction is a wastage of energy. So can the mind please do this? As you are listening, do it, with your heart and with your blood, with your passion, do it, and you will see what happens. Can the mind, which has been divided to be envious and not to be envious, the fact of not to be envious is not a fact, but the fact is to is envy. Now can you can the mind look at that envy without its opposite? Which is not to be envious, or to control envy, or to suppress envy. All these factors of suppression, control, Denial or rationalizing envy is a wastage of energy. Are, you, are we travelling together? Avanti. Come on, sirs. So, can your mind observe envy without any contradiction, without its opposite? Just stop a minute there. Is there an opposite at all? You're following all this? There's the opposite, man, woman, and so on. But we're not talking of that. We are talking of psychological opposites. Courage is the opposite of cowardice. Right? And we are questioning whether there is an opposite at all. And when you have an opposite, there is choice, the discrimination between this and that. And when the mind is very clear, what needs there be to have choice? Please go into it yourself. So we are. I, I am questioning as an investigator. Say there is no opposite at all. There is only what is, and therefore no choice. Whereas all your tradition, all your conditioning is the battle between the opposites. When you are passionate, sexual, to have the conditioning which says, you must not. The opposite has its root in what is. 
Otherwise the opposite is not. I wonder if you're meeting all this. So there is only what is, and therefore there is no choice. There is choice only when there are two or three things. Look here, <coughs> when you are uncertain of a road, you are somebody. In that there is choice. You can take that road or that road or that road. But when you know the road, there is no choice. You go straight. Choice only exists when there is confusion. And where there is confusion, there must be conflict. So when you are observing the fact there is no confusion, no choice, no opposite. You see the beauty of this verse, do you? This is logical. You follow? This is not something that you have to think about. It is so. That is, <coughs> envy is our man's conditioning for various reasons, which we don't have to go now. He doesn't know how to go beyond it without effort. So he hopes by having an opposite and using the opposite as a lever, he can go beyond it. You're following all this? Oh, come on. Am I talking to people that are not following? Please do. Look, sir, if, you, if one is a coward, that's what is. Why do you want courage? Why do you develop courage? It is because you do not know how to deal with cowardice. If you knew how to deal with cowardice and go beyond it, you don't have to have courage. You follow? But we are trained to develop courage, because we don't know how to deal with cowardice. And I say that is a wastage of energy, because you have invented the opposite and you are caught between the what is and its opposite. Therefore, when you observe only what is, there is no opposite, and therefore no conflict. The final extract in this episode is from the fourth talk in Sanan, 1980, titled There is only the fact, not its opposite. Thought has created the opposite, not the fact, but the opposite. That is, I am unhappy. But I have known happiness at some period, and the remembrance of that is a contradiction to what is. You following this? Yes? I wonder. So thought has created the opposite, which is non fact. What is fact is what is going on. What is happening? (coughs) The fact is human beings are violent. That's a fact. But thought has said, I must achieve non-violence, which is the opposite 
of what is. Right? So there is conflict. But if there is no opposite, there is only this, then you can deal with this. You follow? You can always deal with facts, but not with non facts. I wonder if you see this. Am I making this too complex? Too abstract? No, it's too practical, I'm afraid. So is that the basic cause of our disorder? You follow? The cause is to become something, always trying to become. I'm ignorant, I must know more, I'm, I don't know enlightenment, I must achieve enlightenment, I'm, my mind is in conflict, chattering, I must make it quiet, is the same principle as the clerk becoming the executive, the parish priest becoming the bishop, and the bishop becoming cardinal, and the cardinal becoming the pope. You understand? The same principle is that the cause of our disorder. We live in disorder, and then thought says, I must live in disorder. This in order. So it creates a pattern of order. Pattern of values which is which are order. Pattern of behavior. You understand? Being in disorder. Thought then creates what it thinks is order, and the conflict begins. So, is that the cause of our daily existence in disorder? If that is the cause, it can be ended. Now, just wait, follow it carefully. It can be ended. Your next question is how? You are back again into the old principle of tell me what to do. You are following all this? For God's sake, come on, sir. Huh? Right? I see. One sees this fact that thought creates the opposite, and the opposite then becomes important in order to relieve the fact, to go beyond the fact. That is, I'm by, suppose one is violent, it creates its opposite. Because it thinks by creating the opposite, through conflict, it can be free of violence. But conflict itself is violence. I wonder if you understand. Right? Can we go on? So, can, can the mind which has lived in the pattern of opposites, which is the pattern of non-facts. That is, when, I, when there is violence, that's a fact. The non-violence is non-fact. The ideal is non-fact. So can the mind live, look, observe only the fact? without moving away from the fact. I wonder if you have understood this. 
That is, to move away means to suppress, to try to go beyond, to evade it, to analyze it, is moving away from this, from the fact of violence. Right? Will you, are you doing it as we are talking? Are you just being carried away by the words? So can the, the brain has lived in this pattern of fact and non-fact, right? And so created the conflict. When one <coughs> sees the, the futility, the absurdity of this, then you are only left with fact, right? Then, how do you observe the fact? You are not getting tired? Can we go on? How do you observe the fact? That is, the fact is violence. We said violence is a state of contradiction state of following somebody spiritually, philosophically, ideationally, psychologically, following somebody, and there is a division between you and that, the guru and you. And the clever guru says, we're all one. You follow? That's the game they play. So. <clears throat> we are saying, can you observe the fact without any movement away from it? Right? Can we go on? So we are saying, how do you observe the fact? Are you giving a direction to the fact? You understand what I mean? Are you looking at the fact with a motive, which is to direct it? Right? Please, all this requires tremendous attention. Hmm? Saying, how do you look at the fact? There's only fact, right? Not its opposite. So the fact is all important, not how you translate the fact. Right? Because then <coughs> the translator of the fact he is translating according to his previous knowledge. Right? And therefore when he translates the fact, he is moving away from the fact. Right? Are you all asleep or coming? So can you... Is there an observation without the translator, without the interpreter, without the observer. If there is a division between the translator of the fact, obviously it creates conflict. You following this? So, to end conflict, the, the translator is absent. Then there is only pure observation. When there is pure observation, the fact is not. I wonder if you see that. Is that a conflict? You understand? 
as long as the translator is doing something, he's creating the fact. But if the translator, the interpreter, the thinker, the observer is not, the fact is non-existent. I'll show you why. Are you interested in all this? No, no. Do it. Otherwise there's no value. Then it becomes an intellectual game. What is the fact? The fact is violence. I'm taking that as an example. The fact is violence. What is violence? Imitation, right? Conformity, comparison, anger, hate, right? Jealousy, fear. Sorrow, those are all facts. Depression, elation, sorrow, all that is a fact. When you say it's a fact, what does that mean? Is it a fact because you have remembered that thing which is happening now in the past? You follow what I mean? You're following this? No, you're not. I am greedy now. The word greed, word, is not the fact. Right? Right? But by using the word greed, I have identified it because I have used that word previously. Right? The previous recognition of the fact, of what is happening, is what we call fact. Are you also working with me? So the, by naming it, you have recognized it, right? And so you have placed it in the past. See what we have done. <coughs> Take a very simple example. One is angry. At the moment of anger, there is no recognition as anger. There is only the reflex to it, to a, to a hurt, whatever it is, a reaction. In, at the moment of reaction, there is no sense of, oh, I am angry. It only takes place a second or two later. Why? Because I have re- the mind thought has recognized the fact according to the past remembrance, right? So it is dealing with what is in terms of the past, right? Which then creates conflict. Are you following this? So can you? Is there an observation without the word? Without remembering this is violence. You understand? The moment the process of recognition thought begins, it becomes non-fact. Right? Is this too difficult? Huh? It's fairly simple, isn't it? I'm angry. I've never been, but I'm angry. And 
at the moment of anger, there's only this adrenaline <laughs> active. Then, a few seconds later, thought says, I have been angry, which is the recognition of that which has happened in terms of the past. Right? Now, therefore, the past and the present are in conflict. So can you... <coughs> so can you observe, without the word, Can you observe without the translator? The thinker who says, I remember that. It has happened again. That which is happening is not has never happened again. I wonder if you see that. It's only the remembrance of that. From that you see it happened again. This is too much for you. <laughs> so the pattern which mind, the brain, and so the thought has said, has has lived in this conflict from time immemorial. And we are saying the cause of it is this. And where there is a cause, it can be ended. The cause is the division between the actual happening and what is not happen. Right? The ideal. So, the ideal is non-fact. Always. Only what is actually happening. The actual happening is my anxiety, my fear, my lonely, desperate loneliness. And when I when there is observation of that loneliness, the word says I know what it means to have been lonely because I have known it in the past. So the past is in conflict with the present. You understand this? So can you? Uh, is there an observation without the past? Of course there can be. Then the fact is not. It is the translator, the thinker, the interpreter, the observer is creating the fact. I wonder if you see this. It is simply as you understand. The fact is, I'm angry, and moment I smother it with a lot of words and ideas, and I give it importance. I I strengthen it. Moment I cease to give it the past history to it. It withers away. You understand? Go to it. Try it. Do it, sir. So we are saying cause of disorder is this conflict between what is taking going on and what should be. If there was no op- opposite, non-violence, have, you follow, I have to deal with the thing as is. I wonder if you're moving. You understand this? So, we are saying man has lived in disorder, and he has looked for somebody else, an outside agency, 
to clear up this disorder, both politically, <laughs> economically, and religiously, spiritual, so-called spiritually. Moment he does that, he has created the division. Right? Where there is division, there must be conflict. In the Jew and the Arab, the Muslim and the Hindu, the Christian and not Christian. So there is only fact and not non-fact. 